Hello everybody, welcome to the LA Kings Corner Podcast. This is officially episode 7 since we've been on Apple and Spotify. Boy, tough times right now for our Los Angeles Kings. Um, no matter how you slice it, a couple overtime and shootout losses, sure, but it'll go down in history as 8 L's in a row. Knights, Oilers, Leafs, Red Wings, Capitals, Lightning, Panthers, Red Wings. Oh my, 8 L's in a row for our Kings. And, naturally, here come the hashtag Fired Todd tweets. We discuss a lot of the fan feedback after this eight-game losing streak. And Drew Doughty himself makes a Twitter appearance. We also talk about that. And from there, we also talk a little bit about personal matters. But more importantly, how the Kings are going to turn this around, headed into Carolina and Dallas. Could be nine, could be ten. We're staring down the barrel, boys. But hope you enjoy listening to King's Corner, Episode 7. Hey, Kings fans, welcome back to another episode of LA Kings Corner, the podcast for the fans, by the fans. It's me, Ryan Marvin, and Joshua Norse. We're excited to talk to you today. Obviously, as a Kings fan, it's a tough time right now. Uh, Kings have uh, have been on the road. They haven't won a game yet in, in 2024. We're going to dive in and, and touch on a lot of things. We're going to talk about, um, obviously, fans' perspective. We're going to talk about um, lineup combinations, coaching, what, what is it going to take to, to turn it around? And I think that's the biggest thing is, is focusing on, you know, there's a lot of great players on this team. There's a lot of talent on this team. Um, and I think that's why there's some frustration from, you know, not just the team itself, but from the fan base, right? Is that, the, that we're at that precipice where we're, we're expecting high level of performance as a Stanley Cup contending team. We saw a great start to the season and put in a, in a good spot. But uh, there are some competitors that are nipping at all, our heels, and we'll touch on that a little bit later. Hey, Josh, so good to see you, man, and so great to talk about this. We've seen a lot of uh, action over the last couple of weeks. How do you think the Kings' recent eight-game losing streak has affected the morale and the perspective as us and, and fellow fans out there? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, it certainly has affected it. I mean, just – just by uh, navigating social media, you know that the fans' morale has decreased exponentially. Um, however, you know, if I can just be, just trying, attempting to be the most positive that I can be, throughout the course of the eight-game loser, correct me if I'm wrong, is it three or four overtime or shootout losses? Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter. If, whatever is three or four, I think it might be three. But in any case... Losing games in overtime or a shootout is a total, let's just call it a gimmick loss. It's it's really a 50-50 coin flip. Uh, it, it's not necessarily hockey. Yes, they're out there on the ice playing hockey, but it's not necessarily the true game that we all know and love. You can lose three on three. You can lose in overtime. So that's like the most positive side of things that I can actually put out there. But as far as the the morale of the fan base, and just as far as I can tell, I mean, I've even, I've even seen tweets from people saying that, it's time to accept that this team just doesn't have it. Uh, it's time to accept that this team isn't the team that we saw in the beginning of the year. But, you know, fans, including myself included, are, are very fickle. And it changes game to game, right? So if we go into Carolina, let's say, for example, and we win, uh, well, you'll, you'll see the tweets, oh, we found a way to turn things around. And let's say even hypothetically we go into Dallas and win that one too. Now we're a two-game winner against two good teams. Oh, well, what a fluke that eight-game losing streak was. I mean, you could, could we could conceive of those tweets coming out. But as far as the morale of the fan base as it stands today, 
I mean, we can see it. It's a there's a bunch of hashtag fire Todd, get rid of the coach, this, that, and the third. So it really has affected the, the morale in a in a very negative fashion. Uh, so, but I think if I can throw a question back at you, so being be that as it may, as it has affected the Kings' morale in a in a negative fashion, how much is is that negative morale justified? Do you think? I think it's justified. I think coming into the season, there was a question mark on the coach and it was in his last year of his contract and they extended him. And I think there were some question marks about that, about whether he could seal the deal when it came to it. And I think the reason why it's, it's deflating the morale is because we've actually held the lead in several of those games and have lost a lead in several of those games. And, and uh, you know, I was listening to the post-game talk with uh, Jesse Cohen earlier today, just kind of listening to the recap. And his quote at the end was great. It was a Socrates quote that his dad had brought to him and basically talked about you got to kind of get knocked out, knocked down completely, like hit the bottom, blown out, so to speak. And they got blew up, blown out last night. They lost 5-3, two goals, but it was, I mean, it was 5-1 at the end of the second. It was pretty much a blowout um, before you can figure out a way to turn it around. My question, Mark, is, and I think the why the morale is so low is, do we have the staff to, to turn it around, to try to do things differently? People have figured out our system. They figured out how we play, and they figured out how to beat us. Um, and so I think that's what's deflating is, do we have, do we have the leadership? I think he's I think he's influent, still influential with those guys. I think that he can still influence them, but does he have the chops and the courage to to try to change some things up and really stick with it? Because we saw a little bit of a tweak, but I mean, it was a quick bail back to what he had done before, right? So, and that that actually leads to the next question, Josh. From a coaching standpoint, what adjustments do you believe need to be made to address the team's performance? During well, this think, challenging period, when you or just uh, when you were just going there, I, I think you stumbled upon it, and I don't think because I I do agree that I don't think McClellan has lost the room or anything. I don't think it's I don't think it's something like that. I just think it's it's there are adjustments that have to be made, and if you look at you know a lot of people are going through Todd's career, and what they are suggesting is that Todd has a tough time making the adjustments when he needs to make the adjustments from. I just, you know, I played a little bit of hockey. We both played a little bit of hockey, nowhere near the top level or anything like that. But as a quote unquote player and but more now as a fan, first and foremost, the adjustments that I that come to mind are and this is where you stumbled upon it, is that we're getting leads and we're blowing them. And I think what is happening now, Brendan Gallagher, Gallagher came out and said this, that teams would eventually figure out the one three one and they would catch us, you know, they would, they would figure us out. And by, by all accounts, it looks like that they have. And from what I, as far as I can tell, the adjustment that has to be made isn't get the lead retreat into a one, three, one and sit on it. That's just not how teams do it these days. That's not new age NHL. That's not new age mentality. That's not how teams win hockey games these days is to get a lead and, and then sit on it. There was a time when I want to say when we were good, I still believe that we're good, but when we were winning a lot of games where we would get the lead and we we would be in a one three one, but it was let's call it an attack minded one three one. That anytime the opportunity presented itself, we would take that opportunity and go try to score again. 
is that is that not happening now? I, I don't know, but it looks like it looks like that. I think just because we've blown the leads, the adjustment that I think that we need to make is we have the personnel to continue to score, and I think that that's what the coach. If I can, if there's one adjustment that I think that needs to be made is it's keep the foot on the gas pedal and continue to play and try to get more goals. You know, like it's not not to say abandon your own zone, not at all. That's not what I'm suggesting, but what I'm saying is. There has to be, there has to be more. Uh, we have to be more conscientious, I think, of of continuing to go score more because of what we've seen is look these teams in the NHL, with the exception of Columbus, San Jose, you know the the, the lesser teams in the league these days, they're all good, they're all talented, and they can all score goals. And a two goal lead isn't sophisticated enough to just sit back and try to hang on to. I'm going to go off script here just for a quick second, Josh. Um, So, you know, McClellan is probably the best coach that Rob Blake has brought on. Um, You know, Willie Desjardins, John Stevens, those kind of guys, obviously we're not going to take us to the next level. Todd McClellan is a good coach. I mean, he's done good things with organizations in the league. He's won a Stanley Cup as, as an assistant with Detroit and Mike Babcock. Um, he came from the Babcock tree, right? And we've seen what's happened to Babs over yeah. the last couple of years. You don't come into the league with that level of influence from a guy like Babcock without having some of that come on to you a little bit, right? You are a byproduct of who you surround yourself with. We've seen him bury guys in ways that are different than Babcock, maybe a little bit more strategic. Um, There's probably a handful of guys we could go through and list in the years. I was just looking at a thing and I know we might get some disagreement. He did, you know, Blake did quick dirty, uh, last year as a as the probably the best goaltender in LA Kings history but what you know assessing the general manager right going from the coach to the GM uh, and his role do you think that there are any decisions that he's made that have contributed to this current situation where we're at right now in this eight game losing streak in the middle of the season do I think there's anything that Blake has done that can, has contributed to this? Yeah, any decisions that he's made that have contributed to where we're at now? Aside from the obvious, which I've kind of I'm kind of hesitant to touch on, just because we've. I don't even think we need to touch on it, but I mean, salary cap has got to be a concern, right? We're having trouble with salary cap. We are, and it's or it's having to because there are some options that we have already within within the organization that. I don't know the ins and outs of how everything works, but as, again, as far as I can tell, it looks like we're not able to implement these options because of, of salary cap trouble. Okay, for example, Kemiel Fagamo down there is just scoring at will. Uh, there's an Akil Thomas and Alex Turcott down there, guys that you could try. Obviously, you can't carry everybody on the main roster, obviously, but it seems like it seems like we've, uh, you know, and this does come from the general manager where we're in a bit of a, a real tight spot, even a hole, you could say, where it's it's tough to just even just simply call a guy up, implement him, and see how he does. Even oh, yeah. that's complicated. So yes, to answer your question, yeah, there's some decisions that Blakey has made that that have that have complicated things. Yes, I mean, really, in a lot of ways, McClellan's handcuffed with with what he has to work with. 
right? Yeah. Because they really can't send guys down and call them back up. They're right up against the cap. There was even an article that came out recently talking about why they can't. They really can't play Brant Clark because if he does if he does well yeah. and he hits some bonuses, then it's gonna it's gonna impact their cap space for next year. I mean, that to me is just mind boggling that anybody would even put that out there as a reason why somebody can't play. Yeah, right. And then, but the thing about that one is he he would have to have such a monumental second half of the season to even reach those bonuses so it's like i don't know if that's their concern but just judging from the article from the article itself it's if the king's concern is they're so worried about this guy being really good that he can't play that's shocking isn't it that's a shocking thing to think about i don't do that again i'm gonna give the kings the benefit of the doubt and i'm gonna assume that that's not why he's playing or why he's not playing rather sorry Absolutely. Absolutely. So, hey, looking at where we're at with what we have to work with, right? The roster, the line combinations, the specific combination. Is there anything we could do to spark a turnaround with what we've got? Uh, the first thing that comes to mind, okay, here comes the Dubois talk. It, it, that, look, I, you know what? He's been on third and fourth lines. He's been playing third and fourth line uh, minutes uh, with, with, with some power play, too, mixed in there. We talk about this a lot. That's not getting max value out of the $8.5 million player. So it's like, no matter how, uh, no matter how much I think that he hasn't lived up to that deal, it kind of doesn't matter anyway, because you have to get, you have to get value out of that and putting him between two guys that it's just, that's just not how you do it. So he has to play, he has to play within the top six and you know, he hasn't been terrible with Fiala in the beginning of the year when they tried that, because again, that's essentially why they got Dubois is to be one, a one B with Kopitar. So you go Kepi Kopitar Byfield, and then it doesn't stop. You just get Fiala Dubois then whoever else on that line, but you really want to Fiala and Dubois. They actually didn't do so bad. There was a couple of times where Dubois set up Fiala. Fiala was going through his difficulties back then. Looks like he's since then turned it around. So it's a, it would, it seems like a good time to go revisit that and try Dubois and Fiala again. If you don't want to do that, there is another option. And it, it's, again, I think it all kind of comes down to Dubois. Arvidsson waiting in the wings, that's going to be very helpful. But there is another option, which might be to put Dubois on a wing, which, yes, it makes the Velarde trade even worse because you traded already because he couldn't play center quote unquote and because he has to play wing and now the guy you got is just going to go play wing now doesn't matter velardi's not here but that is an option if you wanted to try somebody else at center and put dubois on the wing because sometimes he gets going through the neutral zone and he kind of looks like a winger he kind of looks jeff carter-esque sometimes when he gets the puck through the neutral zone so those are things you could try i don't know if it's a personnel issue though you know yeah um, <clears throat> was what was the the youngster's name who uh, caused quite a skirmish in the preseason against Vegas? Was it was it H Hodgson? Was that his last name? Hayden Hodgson, yeah. Hayden Hodgson. Are we missing somebody like a Hayden Hodgson who's going to come out there and, I mean, lay the body and and be a physical presence? D did the Kings have a physical presence for that matter? Yeah, that's a good. You know, I don't know. I threw his name in the in the text just because we were just because somebody was talking about how we brought up Dwight King and Jordan Nolan and they caught fire. We kind of caught lightning in a bottle. Can we do something similar? 
Hayden Hodge should just kind of seem like a Dwight King or a Jordan Nolan type player. Just, just from what I've seen, just from the Mark Stone hit, really, I haven't seen, I haven't really seen the guy. Yeah, play. I haven't before. seen him play much. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't really know, but are we missing a, uh, a toughness element to the team? So this is interesting when we talk about Andreas England and how a lot of people want to play Spence and Clark in the lineup and take England out of the lineup. I'm kind of for that just because even with England in the lineup, we're not particularly a tough team anyway. He's one guy on a whole team and he's playing defense pair three minutes. He's not even really getting a whole lot of opportunity to, to show his toughness out there anyway. So we're not really a tough team, Uh, but are we missing something like that? Uh, I can say this, when the, whether the Kings are rolling or the Kings are struggling, in any case, in either one of these cases, it seems to me that, look, teams aren't coming into Crypto.com Arena and they're not playing, oh, this is going to be a tough game. They might lose, but it's not going to be a tough game. It's going to be a straight-up hockey game, just a straight-up skate. So, I don't know. You know, If you can win hockey games like that, that's fine, but uh, I feel like God, teams teams got to be a little fearful coming in, particularly coming into your barn, don't they? Yeah, and the Kings haven't had much of a home presence this season. I think yeah. that 13-game winning streak on the road was really what catapulted them into the position that they're in, and they're kind of coming close to uh, losing that that position and that uh, that head start that they took on teams like Seattle and Edmonton, who struggled early. You know, obviously we we do this weekly, right? Our our, our shows are weekly. Um, and we see a lot of feedback online. We see a lot of feedback from fans. How crucial do you think fan feedback is in navigating through these tough times? Do you see any notable trends online? Do you see any uh, concerns raised by the Kings fan base that maybe has been kind of being avoided by by the Kings staff and and uh, PR and, and that kind of thing? I think ultimately what I've seen just on Kings social media, and I've, I've contributed to this too, is I just want to make sure that the best team is on the ice. That's all. Uh, you know, if they, if they go out there and they lose games, that's one thing. But if they're losing games and they're not icing the best roster, that's where I think people start to go, okay, heads might have to roll here. Because you're losing games without your full complement of guys, really. Now, Arvidsson obviously is hurt, and that's and I think we're, we're seeing what a big um, role he plays with us. But, you know, it... But as far as f- how much fan feedback matters to to st- you know, I don't know because if I'm a Rob Blake or a Todd McClellan or or a Drew Doughty even, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think there's a tendency for people like that to think, well, what they're fans? What do they know about the game? You know, so I don't know if they put much value into fan feedback. Um, so I don't know. I don't really know how to answer that. Again, I'm not I'm not there. I'm not in the room. I'm not in the locker room. I'm not in the office. I'm not sure how much fan feedback matters to them. Um, if it's possible, the only thing I can think of is like, let's, if I can use an analogy from pro wrestling, there's a bunch of, there's a whole lot of fan feedback from pro wrestling fans directed towards WWE or something like that. They want this. They want to see this. They want to see this guy. They want to see that guy. You know what though? The fans of pro wrestling don't know what they want until it's given to them. When the story, <laughs> I'm serious. It's like until the story is actually told, they don't know. Do you know what I mean? What what they want is, what they want is to be, to be swerved kind of. They want the story to tell. If they, if they're trying to tell the story, 
then they already know the ending and it's not that's not the way it works you know what i mean so uh we as fans yeah we we want wins but it doesn't really matter as much as i want the best team on the ice uh you know it, it, all that matters to the fans is winning hockey games really so just you know yeah, do it however you need to do yeah. it ultimately but you're going to get feedback from the fans if you're not winning and yeah. i think that's where you know sometimes the hey look uh, you know, the man in the arena is a great story, right? You got the critic and then you've got the man in the arena. The guys on the ice are the guys on the ice. They're the ones that are putting their, their lives on the line, their reputation on the line night in and night out. So they're probably the ones who are staying up at night. This is keeping them up at night more than it is the fans. Right. Um, and I, I think you're right. I don't, I don't think fans care how you do it. I think they just care that you do it. Right. And I think that's where we're at with this. I don't care how you do it. But just do it. And if it's not working, then shine the light of curiosity on what's going on and figure out what's working well and what's not working and then make those changes. Right. And I think that's the struggle with sometimes where we're at when you reflect on, you know, the team's position, like as they've kind of, you know, they haven't slid, they're still in third place, but um, you know, is there, is there a philosophy? Cause you've, I've heard this in the pressers, the post-game pressers from, McClellan and all the players, right? Like it's, we're really close. We're really close. Um, a couple of bounces here and there. We just have to keep going, have to keep going. And they talk about like how this sort of a situation helps to build character um, and resilience for when things get difficult when it comes playoff time. How much of that do you think is, you know, is that true? Or, you know, do you think this is a situation that can help to build character and resilience? Yeah, well, one thousand percent, and just, you know, it, it's uh, in my kind of uh, what would you say? Um, I want to call it my line of work. I don't know. There's a term that gets floated around a lot called rock bottom. I mean, everyone's familiar with the term rock bottom. Here's the thing about rock bottom: it's actually a myth. It doesn't really exist because if we think eight game, eight games in a row is rock bottom. What if they lose nine? You know, so actually, what? I'm going to use the, what hell actually is, is a bottomless pit. There's, there's no bottom there. So if we're losing on a, on a life uh, kind of analogy here, you, I can think that, well, well, it can't get any worse than this, but guess what? It can. And there's that line, there's a quote that everybody loves to throw around. Doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down. It only matters how many times you get up. Okay. But if we're talking about life, eventually there's going to become a time where there is no getting back up. So the name of the game is staying on your feet. Did we talk about this on the pod? Maybe we have. Maybe we did. Yeah, last yeah. time. Yeah. But but still, it still rings true here. But by if by the grace of God, you get up again, the name of the game is to stay on your feet. So <laughs> if the Kings continue to slide, because that's that is a possibility that they could slide. Uh, there is no like there. There might not be a chance to. It's it's time now, right? Like the time is right here, right now to actually turn this around and actually figure it out and get some wins. Stay on your feet. You know what I mean? It's, it can't really, you know, uh, so, you know, I don't know. It, it can't, we got, we got to find a way to win games really, or else these teams pass us. As you mentioned, Seattle, Edmonton, Nashville's right there. Bunch of teams that if, theoretically we could be out of a playoff position. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. When you talk about the, <clears throat> You know, 
when you talk about that, it also brings back that contrary uh, perspective, which I love, right? Like when you think things are bad, it could always be worse, yeah. right? It could be nine games. It could be 10 games, right? It could be 11 game losing streak, but it's eight. And so what you do in that situation is you focus on right here, right now. That's all you have control over. One game at a time. Right. What's uh, what, what was it like? Sometimes people, um, the, their biggest nightmare is, or the most difficult challenge is yesterday and tomorrow. And really the biggest focus needs to be right here, right now. Yeah. Cause those things are completely out of your control. Um, great, great, great stuff, Josh. That's huge. Considering uh, the coaching strategies, what historical examples from other teams turning around losing streaks could the Kings potentially draw inspiration from? So We've seen other other teams. You know, Edmonton was one that made it made an adjustment. Um, St. Louis comes to mind a couple of years ago. I think they were last place in the league and then went on to win the cup that year. Um, you know, what what are some things strategically that they can do to turn it around? I think we kind of touched on it. I think it's to stop looking at because you go to the standings, you can see it right there. L eight. You know, it's just staring you right in the face. But that all happened yesterday it's not happening now really i mean i don't i don't know as much as i wanted to keep pressing forward and score more goals beyond that it is a it is a one game at a time practice here and to be focused on whatever this eight game losing streak streak is is not going to help the matter so you know actually here i'll throw another quote at you mark twain all the worst things in my life never even happened it all happened in the mind so that as you're saying you know it's it's eight but you know, focus on one game at a time and it, it won't, it, it won't become nine L's in a row. But so, I mean, I think there is, a, and I think we've talked about this a lot. Is there a, is there a, uh, like a team, do they focus a lot on psychology or, or philosophy or, and stuff like this that where they, they can really hone in and, and really actually just live in the moment? I know that's kind of cringe. Everybody says that, but that it's true. Is there an onus on, Hey, we are going to take one game at a time. We're going to live in the moment. The eight games they've already happened, and if we're worried about losing nine or ten in a row, guess what? That that also hasn't happened. So, absolutely. And I think historical examples, right? Like the easier thing to do is sometimes gas the coach. Um, you know, I, I hope that, that that that's not what it comes to comes down to. I hope they can turn it around. They've got two games back to back against pretty. I mean, top top of the league com competition in, in the Hurricanes and then Dallas. But you got to go into that just focusing on that one game, that one period, that one shift. I mean, that's all you can really do. Um, you know, we've heard a lot of the fans talking about, you know, getting rid of the coach. Uh, you know, from our perspective as fans, what, you know, what steps would you like to see the organization take to engage and reassure supporters during, during these challenging times? Because sometimes I feel like, you get a little bit of like, you get that you don't know what you're talking about sort of thing. Yeah. Did you see uh, Todd's quote the other day? I think I sent it. It was interesting. Uh, let me see if I can find it. So just so I can read it. Um, oh, boy. I'll have to edit this. But um, that's OK. I forget where I. I forget where I sent it to. I will have to edit this. Whatever. Uh, but Todd, Todd came out and said something. And basically, what I, to my interpretation of his quote uh, was that he kind of put it on the players. Uh, and maybe that's fine. Maybe he's challenging the boys to try to get them going or something like that. 
But are there steps that, let's just take Todd and Blake, for example, are there steps that they can take to, to make the fans feel a little bit more reassured in what's, in what's happening here? I, I think there is something they can do. And I think that they can hold themselves accountable too and go, hey, look, we're, we're also a part of this, this eight-game loser right now. And if it continues to get worse, yeah, our jobs are, our jobs are also on the line. The same way, uh, you know, that anyone else's is. So, and I think that would be, I don't think that would be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That would be, I think fans would be accepting of that. If you put your head out there too and say, hey, look, I, I know that my head's on the chopping block here too, or at least it can be. I have to figure it out too. I think fans would respect that. And I think that's a humble approach. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, man. I mean, I, I saw a tweet from, I think it was, uh, you know, obviously the talk of social media today, Twitter was, um, was Drew Doughty responding to one of the critics talking about Matt Roy, trying to lock up Matt Roy or get rid of or trade him and try to get something for him sort of thing, right? Rather than losing him because he's been, I think the quote was, he's been our best defenseman for the last five years. Yeah. And then Doughty's, you know, Doughty's response was, ha. Um, so part of me wonders what your thoughts are on on the response what what you know a quick little reply like that what is he what is he kind of getting at there I, this is the thing i have no idea <laughs> i don't know you know so again i only say that just to it's almost like a disclaimer like here i go i'm about to speculate on what it means for but, sure for sure 100 speculation we don't we're not talking to drew dowdy about why he's you know it's we did that so keep that in mind as i'm speculating like i understand that i'm speculating here I think what the ha was was trading Matt Roy. I think he's laughing at the just the uh, the proposal that we might have to trade him. That's what I think it is. I don't think he would be openly dismissive toward a guy like Matt Roy publicly. I don't think that you know if if his gripe hypothetically was, "Oh, I've been the best defenseman on the team for the last five years, not Matt Roy." I don't suspect he would ever come out and say something like that or or to. to you know, to dismiss Matt Roy again. So I think that he was laughing at the, even the mere thought of trading Matt Roy. Um, but you know what? Uh, okay. Matt Roy hasn't been our best defenseman for the last five years, but the guy in his original tweet made a salient point. And I think it's something to consider Matt Roy. Everyone's been saying this, by the way, it's just a guy on Twitter who they don't like said it this time. So, but everybody's been saying, how are we going to afford to hang on to Matt Roy? We've all said that. So now, because somebody that they don't like says it now, and then Drew Doughty responds to it, now they want to dunk on this guy. Well, it's okay, but still, the point remains. What are we going to do with Matt Roy? Are we going to keep him? Because we need him. But then how are you going to afford to pay him? And if you can't afford to pay him, then are you going to risk losing him for nothing? That's all, that's all, that's a fair point. So for everybody to come after this guy for making that point, which they all know is true just because they don't like this guy, I think is, is dishonest. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. I think so too. You know, when I saw, uh, when I saw Dowdy respond in in our group chat today, it it caught me off guard. It caught me off guard, but um, this isn't the first time that, you know, you personally had seen Dowdy, you know, on social media, right? I think it was probably about three or four years ago. When something happened, surprisingly enough, it was it was a maybe a game against Detroit, um, and you had made a comment kind of defending Dowdy, and he replied back to you. Can you tell yeah, us about did. that. 
three three four years ago bro it was like this was this was maybe and i only bring this up just to to make the point that drew daddy's been reading twitter for a, a very long time just because he's not tweeting doesn't mean he's not reading this may have been a, a decade ago even but yes a game against detroit something happened i don't know if it was a last second loss or an overtime loss play happened off the draw detroit scores people were blaming dowdy for the goal I came out, I made, uh, you know, I kind of broke down the play and, and I said that this this goal isn't Drew Doughty's fault. I got a direct message from Drew saying, well, at least one fan gets it, you know. So I don't bring that story up to pat myself on the back. Oh, Drew Doughty talked to me too. I'm just saying, you know, Drew Doughty's been listening. He's been, yes, he is listening. And I think you and I were talking before the show, before we started the show. It's like, do you now, I guess this is, I've come to the defense of the guy that they don't like, West Coast Hockey Bias, by the way, shout out. I've come to the defense of him. Now let me just kind of turn that on his head real quick. And this goes for everybody, myself included. Do I really want to be the guy who's shitting on Drew Doughty and he's reading that now? Do I want to be that guy? So I'm just saying, be careful. You know what I mean? I got to be careful about what I'm tweeting because I never know who's reading. You know? Absolutely. It is interesting, though, in my mind, knowing how bad and obviously I try to stay off social social media as much as possible. Um, you know, your nickname for Twitter is, is hilarious because it, it really I mean, it's designed to keep our attention. Right. It's designed to keep us out of living in the now. And so part of me is wondering, like, hey, here's a here's a Hall of Famer, Hall of Fame defenseman who's reading the comments on what's going on on the team. Is that negatively or positively impacting his psyche as he moves forward? Is that something that he should be doing? Should we we be worried that he's, you know, scrolling through that content? Or should we be um, grateful that he's kind of scrolling through that content and that he potentially cares about what the fans think of the team and where their heads are at? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, My suggestion, obviously, uh, Drew, if he's listening, Probably not. But if he's listening, do what you want to do. But I would suggest staying off of it. Just because they may not be saying anything negative about Drew, but they're saying negative things about his teammates. And I just think that leaves too much room for, for resentment to creep into towards his own fan base. Uh, because, look, we've been we played on hockey teams. There might be guys on the team that maybe we didn't particularly like, but it, but in the end, we're part of the same team and we got love for all the boys. And if I see, if I'm reading tweets about one of my, especially if it's one of my friends on the team, or he's just continuing to get buried by the fans, I might get really upset by that. Do you know what I mean? So, Absolutely. Yeah. Is that negatively going to impact your performance? I think it's going to negatively impact something. <laughs> Whether it's not performance, okay. it's going to negatively impact his frame. Of mind. It's going to negatively impact something. So I would suggest that pro athletes stay off, but to each their own. You know, if he can handle it, he can handle it. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if a lot of guys uh, nowadays have people handling their social media. You know, they have a social media account manager that kind of runs that for them. I don't know how big hockey is into that. Um, Especially in LA, you know what I mean? Hockey is not necessarily the most popular sport. It doesn't get the most coverage. Yeah. But with social media nowadays, I mean, there's a whole boatload of people out there that do have, have an opinion and are reporting information, whether it's factual or non-factual. That's to be suggested. And I think one of the things that you do a really good job of is, you know, prefacing what you say with it's it's your opinion or we don't know the truth, but this is speculation. Because ultimately, 
even people who, you know, think they know hundred percent of, of everything or claim that they do, they're going to, they're going to be wrong at some point in time. Right. And so regardless of, of what your perspective are, things can change. Things can definitely change. I hope that the King's, that the King's luck changes. I thought it was hilarious in the broadcast last night, how Jim Fox asked for fans, got a voodoo doll. Hey, now's the time to use it. But it really did seem like when they scored that power play goal to make it 2-1 after the broken stick penalty on Trevor Moore, it just seemed like the air came completely out. And then it was like the team spiraled down instead of like, hey, it happens. You know what I mean? Let's go. Let's turn it back around. Let's build on one thing after another. Do one good thing. And I want to get your thoughts on this because this is something that we've talked about. Uh, there's a scene in Mighty Ducks 3, and I know these movies are super cheesy, right? But there's one scene where the coach talks to the players about, you know, having the puck. And the puck is like confidence in your life, right? And when you have confidence, it's, it's a fickle thing. It comes and it can go very quickly, just like the puck can come and go off of your stick. Right. And if you haven't seen the scene, go ahead and, and watch it. It's great. Um, but there are times when you don't have that confidence and you're playing fearful when you have the puck on your stick, when life is in your hands. And I think I've seen a lot of fear and I've even seen sometimes the comments that the coaching staff has made in these games. Oh, it's one play here. One player makes a decision there. I think structurally we're doing good, but what we're doing when you say those things is you're focusing on that one negative instead of focusing and, and repeating all the positive things that you've done. And so guess what? It's more likely to happen again. And to me, the Kings, when they get the lead in the last eight games, there's been a pucker factor there where it's like, oh boy, hold on. You know what I mean? Instead of what you talked about earlier, no, go out and attack, attack life, be confident, be confident with your decisions. Are you going to make mistakes? Yes. And guess what? That's okay. We're all in this together. Everybody's trying their best. Everybody's not playing uh, fearfully they're playing confidently they're giving everything that they they can and you know what if you win the game you win the game if you lose the game you lose the game but i feel like there's a lot of fear going on right now in the way that they're playing and there's a huge lack of confidence yeah to do things it's this boring around the perimeter it really truthfully takes a gosh darn miracle for the kings to score a goal i mean they literally have to it has to be a miraculous play an absolutely unbelievable play they're not able to, they're not capitalizing on the opponent's opportunities. And then when the Kings make a mistake because they have that pucker factor and that fear, guess where the puck ends up? Yeah, yeah. Right in the back of the net. Yep. Yep. That's how it goes. Yeah. You know, I understand what, uh, I understand completely what you mean by confidence. I understand what everybody means by confidence. So the point, the point is taken and I understand it. What, what people are trying to say with confidence, what I did, what I have liked is I have this book over here, actually Sad guru who's a yogi mystic guy um i like some of the things he says some of the things that he says are a little out there such as anybody else though uh but one thing he talks about is when people talk about confidence well what good is confidence because as you said it's fleeting it comes and goes right so he says what you actually are after is not necessarily confidence what you're after is clarity and to be able to see things clear and i think you know it, it, is it possible i'm just gonna throw this at you is it possible that 
the Kings, they're just not seeing things clearly right now. It's not clear what they want to do. It's not clear where they're going. It's not, you know, it's just not clear. It's not even necessarily clear sometimes why they're losing other than blowing, blowing leads or whatever. But it just seems like, I don't know, is this, is there just a lack of clarity out there right now? It seems like it. It does. It seems like there's a bit of fog, a bit of haze sometimes in yeah. the Kings game. At some points, you know, they'll start out, they'll come out playing in the first period and they look great. There's some clarity. And then as soon as the, as soon as something happens, like those penalties last night, the fog rolls in and the clarity and they don't trust fully trust in the system or themselves. And I think to me, you know, the book Arate that I gave everybody for Christmas and the heroic coach program, he ultimately talks about confidence is the ultimate trust in oneself, mm-hmm. right? And how do you do that? How do you have confidence? Well, one way is to look at times when you've succeeded, to go back and reflect on those times. So let's take a look back at that 13-game road winning trip. What were we doing well then? Also, to look at others who are doing well and doing good things. So what's Edmonton been doing to go on a nine-game run? What's Seattle been doing to go on a nine-game run, right? Because if they can do it, guess what? I can do it too. And then also, too, what did teams who were in this situation do to get out of it? Oh, right. Yeah. That's great stuff too. And you know what? Oftentimes I found this into my playing career, if you can even call it that. But oftentimes when, you know, we found ourselves in ruts, like for example, an eight game losing streak, the, the coaches would tend to, when we break down game footage, they go, okay, the other team scored a goal. This is why they scored a goal. This is what we did wrong. But that's not necessarily helpful. As you're saying, when we go back, if you look at the the third game, the thirteen game winner, this is what we were doing right. Why don't we get back to this? Because again, as you you made this point earlier in the pod, that if we're showing, we're breaking down footage on why the other team is beating us. Now the emphasis is on why we're why we're being bad, not and not why we're actually being good. You know, so that's I think I don't know. Again, we're not in the room. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they're not doing that. But if they're not doing that, they should do that where they can. Hey, look, when back when we were good again, quote unquote, this is what made us successful. And look, the we're just going to try to get back to doing what we do best. I love it, man. I love it. Anything you'd like to say to wrap up? Um, oh, should we throw it in there? Uh, you know, uh, let's just do it like this. We don't have to name any names. Sometimes I forget that these players go through personal problems of their own, right? And it's it's easy to hop on social media and blast a guy uh, when we have no idea what they're actually going through. And uh, I know we and we've talked about this on the pod before, but that's just another thing to keep in mind. I'm talking to myself here. That's another yeah. thing for me to keep in mind when I'm going to hop on Twitter and bury a player. Because I don't know what's going on in their personal life. And I have no right to compound a hypothetical problem with some bullshit hockey opinion of my own. Right? So, you know, and I just, um, it's just sad, man. Some of the things that, some of the things that I know are going on in some of the boys' lives these days. uh, This one's difficult because I just, it's just something that I vehemently disagree with short of something unspeakable. Uh, Especially when there's children involved. It really compounds. Now, I've been through similar situations, but a far cry um, from what a certain individual is going through. 
and uh and then i know the problem is compounded with when there when there's children involved in this and um i guess ultimately what i'm saying is to myself and to anybody that's listening hopefully you agree i'm sure y'all do is to just just be mindful of uh of what i'm saying on social media because again I, and I've, I've already said this but i have no idea what a uh just because they're on my tv screen doesn't mean they're not a human being it doesn't doesn't mean they're going through or not going through something that i might be going through too absolutely man absolutely here's one thing that i'd like to end on too and this has been a work in progress over the last week started reading this book with my wife called the connect parenting method right and this is a personal approach to more personalized approach to parenting and what they talk about is how our society and how a lot of times we've been raised and how people are treated in the job uh, field or professional sports that that is we're all working on reward and consequence and that's how we parent our kids well hey, if you do what i tell you to do you're going to get a reward if you don't do what i tell you to do then you're not going to get to watch your, your favorite show reward and consequence when a kid's acting out in public parents often feel like it's a it's a it's a poor look on them right but what really this whole methodology comes down to is 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 like exactly what you just said it's about unconditional love one unconditional love it's about accepting the kid where they're at right then and there 100% acceptance and then providing a level of security and i think it's absolutely truly amazing when you talk about connecting with a human like slowing down connect with another human where are you at in your journey right now right because your journey is different than my journey my perspective is different than your perspective your your age and your development from a physical emotional and mental standpoint are at different phases than somebody else and their life right and as a parent you know a lot of times they kids learn from us so the things they're doing are things that we've taught them as parents yeah. you know what i mean and so we've got to take a step back and be like okay slow down connect find out where they're at and a lot of times when kids are acting out it's all because they want engagement they just want to be engaged you know what i mean i don't see the kings necessarily acting out but i do i i would like to see some more engagement and connection right and 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 maybe with the fans even like or the fans trying to take a look at these players and, and accept them where they're at, right? Because if they've got stuff going on in their life and it's impacting their play, then we need to be, uh, we need to be conscientious of that we talked about Gerard on, on Colorado earlier this year, hadn't take a uh, time of leave for his mental health. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think that's the biggest thing is um, at the end of the day, this is just a game. We're talking yeah. about human beings here. We don't want, to negatively come across, even though there are things that can be done. Uh, and, and we're not looking for anybody's job. We want to connect with them where they're at. What, what can we do to help? Right. What can they do to help? What, what are things that can be done to get better? And then just go from there, man. I mean, at the same, you know, like we talked about being present, that's what it ultimately comes down to taking that time. So if, 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 you know, if you're listening and you've enjoyed this, there's a lot of ways you can follow us. Josh has been doing a great job. Um, not just, you know, creating a good following on Twitter and Instagram, but also putting all this content on multiple avenues for you to listen to on a podcast stream. Um, Josh, can you share that stuff with, with, 
with those folks that are listening. Yeah, and real quick, um, just because I and one of the questions was uh, in our little format for the podcast was was there any quotes that uh, we can think of that might be apropos towards the Kings? But it, here's one that's just apropos to something that we're talking about. It's just as far as uh, you know, blasting guys on social media or whatever the case may be. And only only bring this up just because it's right in front of me. But Jordan Peterson, who you know, I've kind of I'm a uh, I've kind of, uh, when it comes to the psychology and the philosophy and all that stuff, I've kind of, I'm iffy about it these days, but here, look, here's one, set your own house in order before you criticize the world. And that's something that I could, I could really adhere to, right? Because look, if my house is in order, who am I to go on Twitter and say, this guy sucks, he shouldn't be in a lineup. Like, it's just, it's, it sounds ridiculous when I take a step back, right? But anyhow, uh, where you can find us, twitter.com slash LA Kings Corner, that seems to be Something that's popping. Instagram.com slash Ellie King's Corner, though. Look, when we get content from that corner, uh, I think you guys will definitely like that. So that, and those are the two big ones. Twitter.com slash Ellie King's Corner and Instagram.com slash Ellie King's Corner for other things content related. But you can find us on Spotify and on Apple. Just search Ellie King's Corner. The podcast, we're there. We're on Rumble as well. Rumble.com slash Ellie King's Corner. Uh, YouTube.com is also, we're there too. But uh, another way you can get in contact with us email the show la kings corner at gmail.com and lastly the last link the only one that's different if you like what we're doing here and you even want to support the show it's buymeacoffee.com slash lak corner that's buymeacoffee.com slash lak corner appreciate y'all right on josh great job great to talk to you go kings go